Well, Happy New Year, everybody. It's exciting that we are in 2022. I know some people are ready to get rid of 2021 and move on to a new year. Uh, maybe you've got some new things uh, that you've got planned for 2022. Out of curiosity, how many of you would say, I'm a New Year's resolutioner? Like, you've got some New Year's resolutions. Anybody in, the, in here? Not a lot of New Year's resolutioners in here. Uh, maybe online. I can't see you. Um, yeah, I can't say that I'm a huge New Year's resolutioner, but I did think maybe uh, I would try one thing this year. Uh, I was sitting at dinner last night eating tacos, and I was like, man, I love tacos, and normally when we have taco night, I eat way too much, so I'm going to try not to overeat this year. We'll see how that works out. Um, well, <coughs> this year's January series, we thought we would give you a bit of a New Year's resolution uh, for you and for us as uh, a church. And the idea is that we would have more peace and less fear. That sound like a pretty good New Year's resolution? More peace and less fear. Because here's the thing. Uh, we've done some research. We've looked into kind of some of the things that have been going on in our society as a whole. And one of the things that we noticed as we were doing some reading is that anxiety is on the rise. Now, some of that is COVID, uh, you know, Four anxiety and depression were four times higher during uh, April 2020 to August 21 uh, than they were pre-pandemic. And while anxiety kind of went down for a little bit, it eventually started rising back up uh, as the year ended. And what they found is that anxiety rises and falls with the number of COVID cases. Interesting. But what's also interesting is that Anxiety was already a problem pre-pandemic. The levels were going up before uh, we hit the pandemic. And so we thought, let's start off the year talking about a series that would kind of talk about anxiety. And we would give you sort of a New Year's resolution. More peace, less fear. Now, the good news is that more people are talking about mental health. Uh, and so that's a good thing, uh, that people are addressing it. And everyone deals with anxiety on some level, some more than others, of course. And we thought it would be good uh, to talk about it. And we thought specifically it would be good to talk about it from a biblical, spiritual perspective. So our text today uh, comes from 1 Peter chapter 5, if you want to open up your Bible or grab your mobile Bible device uh, and open it up to 1 Peter 5. You can follow us along there. I'm actually going to read uh, most of the chapter uh, 5. Uh, you can also follow along on the screen, and then we'll dive into the text. So it begins. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's sufferings also, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. See you? See that? Uh, all right, so submit yourself to your elders, and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and sober mind. 
Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the grace of all, and the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. All right, so let's jump in, having read all of it, uh, to verse 7. It might be a verse that you're very familiar with. Maybe you've memorized it in the past. Maybe you've seen it on some Christian memes or Christian art. It says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And this is a really good and true statement. And I don't want to undermine that at all, but I do think that we're missing something if we just stick with that one verse. There's some things around it that the context gives us that helps us to further understand this verse. So let's go back, put it in context. We've already read the text. Let's jump in uh, to verse 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. And you can see, as we look at that, we already begin to get a fuller picture. This is an invitation to let go and let God. The context of this letter is that this is written to a bunch of persecuted churches all over Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. And they were experiencing harassment from their Greek and Roman neighbors who were claiming that they were bad citizens because they did not worship Caesar, the king. And so 1 Peter is filled with a bunch of instructions on how to respond to that persecution, to their neighbors. And what's interesting about that is that most of the instructions revolve around, get this, submitting to others. Isn't that interesting? They're under persecution, and so Peter's giving them instruction on how to live in persecution, and he says, I want you to submit to others. And there's a bunch of others, if you go through and read the book of 1 Peter, that he tells them to submit to. Fascinating. And I think as we think about that for ourselves today, we are not that much different in some ways than the early Christians. We may or may not be facing persecution. I don't know what's happening in your life. I know I don't face a lot of persecution, but I do know that we all face challenges. We all face times, places where we feel like things are overwhelming, like things just are in a place where we're in trouble. And there's anxiety that begins to set in. I mean, take a quick look at your news feed. Just this past week, for example, I read uh, that COVID cases are rising and sporting events are getting canceled. There's apparently now more than one million Americans who have now died from the opioid pandemic. And it was discovered this week that apparently Michigan paid something like $8.5 million to jobless claims and likely other states did as well. And then there was a man in Denver who killed five people and apparently wrote about it in an online book before doing it. And I could go on, and that, my friends, is just the national news. We could talk about all the things happening locally or in your own lives, and when you begin to think about all of those things, it can be real easy to get overwhelmed. 
it can be real easy to begin to worry and wonder, where is God at work? And then if you think about if you are a parent or you're a leader in any capacity, whether you're doing it in your work life or your volunteer life, if you are a leader, you're thinking, I want to care for others around me. And they're dealing with all these things, and I want to help them. It's a natural thing for you to do and want to do. But the reality is that you cannot be everywhere, and you cannot know everything, and you can't do everything. But the good news is that there is a God who can, and who does know everything, who can do everything, and who is able to be everywhere. And so verse 6 reminds these early Christians to humble themselves under God's mighty hand. Mighty hand. God is able to do those things. And we are to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. But here's the catch. It says, in due time. We hate that, right? We want it to happen on our timeline. We want it, dare I say, to happen right about now. That would be great. And so it's really hard for us because we don't have control. We are not in control of when these things happen, and it's particularly hard when we're anxious when we're facing these problems and we are anxious. And it's interesting because psychology today actually agrees with this. The use of control is paradoxical. We believe taking control will bring us security and happiness. Yet its overuse often causes unhappiness, anxiety, and malaise. And I've said this a couple weeks ago, my anxiety I find is often highest between the time that I realize that there's a problem and when I can do something about it when I can take control. And what we see here in 1 Peter is that the biblical antidote to anxiety is humility. Really interesting. So I want to talk more about humility and why it's the antidote uh, to our anxiety, but I do want to give a, a quick pastoral word. I know some of, for some of you, for, for many of you, I should say, uh, anxiety rises and falls, and that's a normal part of life. Eventually, it sort of fades away, and then it will rise back up again. But for some of you, and many of us, increasing numbers of us, anxiety comes, and it just continues to rise up, and it, and it doesn't go away. It's sort of an ongoing thing that we face. You could be dealing with some sort of an, a chemical imbalance in your body. You could be dealing with some sort of traumatic experience in, the, in your past, and I want to encourage you and say, that's okay. And I want to encourage you to get help. A prayer in itself is not going to help you. Just sort of trying to be humble is not going to help you. You're going to need some help from other people. You may need to find a therapist or a doctor. Or you may need to enter into a 12-step program like Celebrate Recovery. What I think is interesting about the Celebrate Recovery program in particular is that the first two steps mirror our passage uh, today. Step number one is to realize I'm not God. 
and admit that I am powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and that my life is unmanageable. And then step number two is to earnestly believe that God exists, that I matter to him, and that he has the power to do something about it. Sounds an awful lot like 1 Peter 5, verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves under God's mighty hand and cast all of your anxieties on him because God cares for you. So I want to encourage you, if you need help, get the help. In all reality, it's the humble thing to do. To let go and say, I need help. And quite frankly, all of us need to do this. We all need help from time to time. When our anxieties begin to rise, we need help. We can't do it on our own. So let's talk about humility. What it is and what it isn't. First of all, humility is not insecurity. So in this letter, uh, if you look earlier, Peter calls himself an apostle. One who is sent by God. And then in chapter 5, he calls himself specifically a fellow elder. So clearly Peter is not afraid of claiming his position of who he is and knowing who he is. He's willing to call himself a leader and he's willing to call these leaders out and say, hey, leaders, fellow leaders. So it's not insecurity. And secondly, it's not inactivity or indecision. In verse 2 of chapter 5, he calls leaders to be shepherds. This is not inactivity. In verse 3, he says, be an example. Again, not sitting back, letting things go. In verse 8, he says, be alert and be sober. And verse 9, he says, resist the devil. None of these things are sitting back and just letting things happen. There's an active part, there's an active role that we have even in our humility. So if it's not insecurity and it's not inactivity or indecision, what is it? I would say to you, number one, it is utter dependence on God. Letting God, letting go and letting God. So while we may be engaged, we may be active in the fight, working against injustice, working against the problems and things in this world, our anxieties, whatever it might be, we simultaneously recognize that without God, we are unable to overcome. We're unable, we recognize our own limitations, we recognize our own brokenness in this world and our own contributions to the brokenness of the world and that we need God as much as our friends do. So we call on God to help us. Verse 6 again reminds us to humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. And then I think Proverbs 3 uh, verse 5 has one of the best definitions of humility. It says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So what would it look like for you to trust God more? What would it look like for you to trust God more with your anxiety? The second thing that I think humility is, is a lack of concern about power, prestige, or position. So verse 2, he talks about to the leaders to be eager to serve. And he tells them in verse 3 not to lord it over others. So while Peter is entirely okay with calling them leaders, he's also calling them not to lord it over others. And he's calling them 
to serve others. God is ultimately the chief shepherd, and I wonder what it would look like for all of us, for our, our social anxiety corporately and our individual anxiety, if we were all more eager to serve others and seeking to serve others. So if you want more peace and less fear this year, I want to encourage you to practice humility. It's the antithesis of anxiety. So I want to invite you to trust God more. Whatever that might look like for you, maybe you need to ask God for help. Maybe you need to start to pray as soon as you run into trouble instead of trying to fix it yourself and then going, oh, I need Jesus. And then you may also, part of trusting God might be asking someone else for help. Maybe you need a trusted friend. Maybe you do need a therapist or a doctor to help you out with your anxiety because it's too much for you and that's okay. Or maybe you need to jump into a 12-step program like Celebrate Recovery. These things are humbling things for us to say, I need help, and to go and get the help that we need. But that can be an act of trusting God, that God will be there with you as you go into that space. And then the other thing I want to encourage you in practicing humility is to serve others. It's one of the best ways for you to get rid of your anxiety is to focus on something new, something else, someone else. It gets your focus off yourself and the things that you're facing, the things that you're dealing with, and it lets you jump in and help them with their problems. I read an article this week that said, humility and anxiety together is like fire and water. They cannot exist at the same time. It seems so simple. Ask God for help. He will help. There are over 140 verses in the Bible that told God's people not to worry, not to be anxious, and not to be afraid. So when trouble is on your doorstep, give it over to Jesus. Jesus can take care of whoever or whatever is at your door. Let's pray. God, we thank you for a new year. We thank you that your mercies are new every morning and they're new every year. And we are grateful that you are a God who can do something about our anxieties, about our problems that we're facing in this world. And we ask that you would be with us, that you would encourage us, that you would help us to trust you more to recognize our own limitations, to ask you for help, to ask others for help, and to serve others. Amen.